Hello and welcome to episode one of The Paranormal Tea. Hello. Welcome. My name's Beth and this is... Brian. <laughs> oh no, sorry, it's Ryan. Oh, it up. <laughs> Anyways, so... It's Ryan, sorry, just clarify. We created this podcast because we are both interested in ghost stories. We both fully believe in ghosts, correct? Yes. I'm going to list some things and you're going to tell me whether you believe in them or not. Okay. okay. Ghosts. Yes. Aliens. Yes. Witches. Yeah. Fairies. No. Gnomes. No. Trolls. No. That's right now. <laughs> Dwarves. <laughs> what kind of dwarf? Like Gimli um, or... I don't know. Tyrion, like... I don't know. I don't want to say that word again because uh, my family take the piss out of me that I cannot say it. What word? Dwarf. Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, too much of a pause between the D and dwarf. the... Between, between the D and the wolf, there's too much of a pause. A dwarf. A dwarf. I would say that I believe in pretty much all of them apart from aliens, like... You don't believe in aliens? No, you're going to have to you're gonna have to sway my opinion later on. I don't believe in what people say aliens are. What? What do you think an alien is? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think that they've got like an upside-down pear head. Okay. No one said they've got upside-down yeah, pear they heads. They're just saying that, that. The aliens exist. Like, okay, well, aliens. Like, yeah, 100%. If you want to know a little bit about us, how would you describe yourself? I don't know. Like, if you took If you were going to go on like um, a speed just... date. Speed date, right? So just like, right if you were going to have to mould the perfect person, <laughs> Jesus is already taken. I'm like a, I'm like a better groomed version of Jesus. Better groomed version. Look, I, if I, I was going to use any word to describe you, it would not be groomed. Like, Why not groomed? Because you're just covered in hair, like head to toe, hair. Uh, so we're both 21. 21? Yeah. That's why we that's why we made that joke because we were twenty one. <laughs> so we just thought, oh, we were around when that was a thing. Twenty one, and um, we live in Newcastle. You're from West Midlands, yes, in a place where nobody ever knows. The only way you can describe it is, oh, I'm from near Birmingham. Actually, at one point. <laughs> Where I live, where I grew up, Telford had the highest rate of teen pregnancy. So well done. I said that to my dad and he went, well, get out there then. <laughs> so, cheers, Dad. Our, the idea of our podcast and like we wanted to create a niche because a lot of people are already doing ghost story slash paranormal story podcasts is that we have a system where we blindfold ourselves, spin in a circle of three. This isn't like some weird kinky thing. This is <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> Although we did have to already have the blindfold, no, but it wasn't the kind of blindfold you think of. It's no, one that it you was, go to sleep with. And then we have to put a pin in a map. And wherever that pin is, we have to research stories from that area. So if you want to see videos of us placing the pin, find out where we're going to go before we record the podcast, then you can find out on our Facebook page or Instagram page called The Paranormal Tea. And for people who don't speak Geordie, that was Facebook, not Facebook. <laughs> Facebook page. Facebook? <laughs> Facebook. I thought you were, no, page, the word page. 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 Anyways, it's at The Paranormal Tea, all one word. You put the in there. Yeah. That's, that's just going to confuse people. That's the name of our podcast. My section is to do the stories. So all of the good shit that you listen to is because of me. 
because mm. I've done the research. And I'm here to provide like the authentic reaction because I didn't do any work leading no. up. So. He has absolutely no idea. Not even because like I thought it would be a good thing to do. <laughs> purely because Ryan didn't give a shit until the last minute. Until he was like, let's go record our podcast. How many stories have you got? I have three stories worth of three. Are you starting with your best? Are you starting with your worst? Well, I think I was going to do like a shit sandwich. So I was going to like, <laughs> <laughs> there's one story out of the three, which is definitely not as good as the other two. Okay, put it in the middle. So that one's going in the middle. Yeah. yeah. We're going to start off in Stranraw, which I had to Google how to pronounce That's it. That's where our first pin landed. That's where our first pin Stranraw. landed. And there is a beautiful video of me placing that pin. Mm. I couldn't find the wall. To place the pin. Yeah, and you only yeah, spent yeah. out three times. <laughs> Idiot. So we're in Stranraer. Stranraer. So it's in Scotland. It's kind of like, it's the west coast of Scotland. Mm. This isn't kind, a geography podcast. Kind of near the border. Let's just, let's just do the, the Well, I'm just stories. telling them where it is. Okay. Google it. So we've got three stories. Ooh. Okay. Exciting. Yeah, story one. Excited. So our first story is called The Piper. The locals of Stranraer, who lived near the cliffs of Clanyard Bay, had long feared a dark network of caves that lay in the cove of Grenon. Folk whispered the tales and spread the sinister rumours of the fae, which plagued these ominous caves. A version was passed down from generation to generation, and old town crones would recount tales to the naive youngsters of horrible happenings that lurked within the cave. Brave men would be turned to meet cowards at the notion of exploring the shadowy mouths of the caverns. Sailors wouldn't dare pass the paths of these caves without giving up an offering to these mysterious beings, fearsome that they might influence their journey, causing waves to engulf the bowels of their ships. No man would dare linger around these caves long enough to watch the fairies venture from the heart of their pit to accept these offerings until one day a hero emerged from the town of Stranraer, bringing hope to the people that they might reach an end to their tiresome journey. Could this one man be considered a knight of valour and bravery, or is he moronic and full of ignorance? After all, the town had seen strong men reduced to fear for so long. What made this man different? The town followed the piper to the cavity as he loudly filled their silence with the songs of his bagpipes. He was followed by his faithful companion who was bounding obediently at his heels. Stricken by fear, the town stopped pursuing the piper and fell dead in their tracks. The hero now walked alone with only his dog at his side. He stepped calmly into the caves, playing a melodic tune as he took each step further and further into the abyss. The sound of his pipes filled the cave and echoed for the weak who waited outside. They stood in anticipation, not knowing what they were waiting for. The tune of his pipes were slowly extinguished. All in a moment, the piper's faithful companion who once followed him scrambled out of the darkness, stripped of its fur coat. The dog was completely hairless as if something had ripped its warmth from its skin. But its fur coat was not the only thing that was missing, for where was the piper? Our story's hero was taken from the pages as if he was never in existence. Sailors who now pass the caves offer up their possessions to the fae, and just when the wind dies down, they can hear the distant melody of a lost piper and the howl of his hairless mud. What? So what do you think of that one? 
Fairies are a weird one. I think it's just the fact that they're called fairies. I immediately think of like Peter Pan fairies. Yeah, but like they're also called fae. fae. Yeah, that sounds slightly scarier. Yeah. Fae. But I think the scary thing about that thing, that story, is the fact that the dog ran out without any hair. Maybe it's like Edward Scissorhands is in there. It came out looking like a ball sack. Weird. But then, you know what, what I'm questioning? Yeah. So the dog went in with hair. Right. Now, if you shaved any dog, would you be able to tell it was the same dog? So, Oh, no, because then what you're saying is... A little rat these, thing No, no. What you're saying is all these villages were stood around a cave, yep. right? A man and a dog walk in, mm-hmm. and a hairless dog walks out, and they all went, oh, it's the same dog. Well, that's like... That's what you should think. Because the story goes that when you're sailing around this cave, you can hear the bagpipes yeah. and the howl right. of his hairless Oh, moth. well, that explains it then. He's still in there, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. The dog is still in there. Let's go save Pete the panda. And he turned into a fairy or something. Mm, I wouldn't have said that. Maybe like he was one from the start and he was trying to get people to stay away from the caves. So no, by the, I think by the fact that he walked in and got everyone to stand outside whilst yeah. he walked in, that he was like kind of telling them, come with me. Either way, I think it's a little bit far-fetched. It, believable up until the point about the dog running out with no hair. Because I was like, what, what, what are we talking about here? Like they've got medieval electric shavers or something. Is it two seconds and it's done? <laughs> you know, like what's the time know. frame? How long was the dog in there? I don't know, right? It's just the story. And, and if they said, oh, it's been stripped of its coat, like, why? Well, you just pulled off oh. the fur and it all came out in, like, one big coat or something. Like, that's a bit. They skinned the dog. I wasn't there, to be honest. No, me neither. I, I just wrote the story. Well, you wrote the story. Based off of what other stories go. Do you think it's real? Mm, no. No. Do you believe in fairies? Fairies as in nice things that, like, collect your teeth from under your pillow and give you money. Hmm. Obviously. I will say this for fairies, though. What is weird <laughs> is that for like a very, very, very long time, there's loads of old stories from different cultures talking about fairies that live underground and you have to give them offerings. Otherwise, they do um, nasty, nasty things. Like, like skinny st- dog. Steal your babies. All that sort of steal stuff. your babies? What yeah. do you want babies for? I don't know what they do with babies, but <laughs> apparently people believe yeah. they used to steal babies and then replace them with fairy babies and apparently fairy babies are all like ugly and stuff so they basically yeah. they swap the babies over and it, it's meant to explain for like i don't know why people have di- ugly babies di- difficult That's children right. i think is what it's meant to explain you know, i think is but why this people, is obviously like you know when someone shows you their baby and you're like thinking it's ugly but you've got to tell them that it's cute yeah it's actually a fairy baby do you want to hear the next story Yes. So remember, this is my shit sandwich. So like, out of the yeah, three, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm prepared for this one best. to be not very good. Yeah. No problem. I mean, I thought they'd all be bad. So the fact that wow. two, two out of three are meant to be good. Did you like the first one? Me, me, me. Our second story. Okay. Is called the A seventy five, known as Scotland's Ghost Road has been the site of plenty of paranormal activity. Reports date back to 1957, but the most eventful comes from 1962, when two brothers were returning home to Annan after a week spent touring Scotland in their father's car. Witnessing an extraordinary apparition as they were driving at night, they first saw a hen flying towards their car windscreen. It vanished just as it was about to impact the glass. Next, they saw an old woman run frantically in their direction. 
then a man with long hair, then a series of animals including some that were unknown to them. All vanished before they reached the car. Derek attempted to control the car against a strange force that was trying to take over his steering wheel when he saw, with relief, a furniture van on the road ahead. But this was short-lived relief as it was a ghost van, which it appeared the boys were about to crash into. Luckily they escaped, and later on Derek discovered from a family friend who was serving outside of Annan during the Second World War that the road was long associated with witchcraft. In 1957, a truck driver thought he had collided with a couple walking arm in arm along the road, but they had vanished when he stopped to check. A few people have reported seeing the couple, sometimes dressed in Victorian clothing, and the man missing his eye. In 1995, Gaston and Monica Miller were driving home along the A75 when a strange figure appeared on the road before them. It was a man in a hessian sack holding a rag out towards the couple's car as they came towards him. They thought they'd struck the man but couldn't find anything. Nonetheless, they reported the incident to the Annan police. Donna Maxwell was driving on the road near Swordwelling in 1997 with her two children in the car when she thought she had run someone over. A man in his mid-thirties wearing a red top and the dark trousers stepped out in front of her car as she drove past. Fearing impact, Donna instinctively shut her eyes and hit the brakes, but hit nothing. Other spirits said to haunt the A75 include a screaming old woman, an elderly lady in Victorian clothing, and an eyeless, screaming man. Mm. That is a plethora of stories about the A75. It's a bit bit weird, like, how many stories there are. Mm -hmm. But then you, and then you think, like, okay, they all say, they all, like, follow the same pattern of basically they're there you think you're gonna hit him you don't hit him so mm-hmm. like from the third one on i was like oh this is why this is the worst story of the three and then and then you mentioned about the woman going to the police and like the police having to do a report and stuff like that i mean when you pranking someone and you just make it up a story you don't go to the police no. and, and get the police to investigate but it. she was the only one who went to the police the same set of people are seen a lot of different things as well mm-hmm. It's not like there's just one thing. They're just seeing loads of different random things like animals and people. And... The thing that I think convinces me the most out of all of this right. is that it's multiple little mundane stories. It's not like something massive. No one's died. No. But then you'd have to look at the background of the people who are having these reports. Because if they all know that the road is supposedly haunted and then they start seeing things, well, you'd just be you thinking... Delve into that psychology shit. Like well, that. yeah, but you know... <laughs> That's just like you'd you you'd make that thing up in your head. If you go somewhere and everyone says, "Oh, this place is haunted," you start think you know you're thinking, "Oh, what's that?" You're looking for it. Yeah, exactly. The thing I have to also question is, what if these people are driving past lots of people who are like need their help? (laughs) (laughs) Guys with no eyes, he's just like, yeah, like he can't fucking see. What's with a furniture van? I don't know. And why a furniture van? And also, why in 1962 could you identify a furniture van? I thought all the vans would just be like unmarked. They'd just be like plain white or something. I don't know. Did it have DFS on the side? Like, <laughs> But at first, so when I was thinking furniture van in my head, don't mm. know why, I was thinking a little gypsy cart thing. But not, it's not, what? is it? A gypsy's known for selling furniture? I don't know. I don't know why that was the thing that came in my head. was like this creepy little broken down furniture van yeah right right but it must have been like a full-on truck thing 
Well, that's what I was thinking. I was literally thinking but then Furniture Village. how do you know that it's like a ghost? Because they said, oh, oh no. but they drove past it and it was a ghost van. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how, how can you identify a ghost oh, van? No, because I think a ghost van or a ghost vehicle means like it's, it's driving on its own. There's no driver. I mean, that could have been a bit more specific. It could have said... No, because on, one, pastor, of no them, on one of them, they said that they were going to crash into it. Uh, uh, well, that's how you know it's a ghost van then, because they didn't crash into it. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know, know whether either. I believe that, these that is the, yeah, That is the... Um... I think we're going to have to take a trip down old A7 Vine. Yeah, yeah. And it's only two hours away. So we basically just go to a road. We go, go down a road. Oh, can't see see if we see any... If we see, what if we're like just driving past a normal furniture van and we're like, ghost furniture van! <laughs> <laughs> Gary's waving out the window going, where's this address, guys? <laughs> He's on his way, merry way to deliver a couch. Yeah, and, like, and everyone's ghost running van! away. Yeah. <laughs> Why do all ghosts wear Victorian clothing? Like, did people only die in the Victorian times? Guess so. They're the ones that are pissed off. That's <laughs> where they come back. Well, you, reckon, well, you, you reckon you get to a point where, like, if you've been dead since the medieval days, you're kind of like over it by now. Yeah. Otherwise, if you've only this... been dead since the Victorian times, you're still a little well, bit. Well, if you though, like, if if everybody who ever died becomes a ghost, you wouldn't be able to move. There'd be that many ghosts. Like, ghosts would just have to stand in one place because. Yeah, that two meter rule. <laughs> Self isolate. <laughs> That's actually a good point. I don't even know because also you have to say if places were haunted by the dead. Everywhere would be haunted. Because surely, in like the millions of years we've been on this planet, there are plenty of bodies buried underneath this house. I don't know the rules of the I ghosts. I don't know. We'll have to wait until we are ghosts to find out. I well, if you die, you come back and tell me. No, if full. I came back, you would like you'd never sleep. No. You'd probably have like insanity and depression. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and that's just because I died. <laughs> yeah, the real stuff starts happening when I actually come back, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. If you die, I'm going to get a potter's wheel and we can do the whole... Moving on. <laughs> Are you ready for... This is what I'm... So it's the longest one of our stories. Okay. Right. I'm oh. going to say it's the best. Oh, okay. You say the best or last. Yeah, I say the best or last. So story three. Let's begin. The Agnew clan once inhabited the grand designs of the Golden Ock Tower. An age ago, a soldier of the clan fought a fearsome battle in vain, and fleeing the battlefield, he tried to find rest at a farm, which was owned by a man that locals could only describe as being hateful. In a crude twist, the farmer's generosity was forced deep from within him, and he offered up a meal and his home to the soldier. As the night turned to day, the farmer's beneficence putrefied to hatred. As a local man, the farmer was a strict royalist, holding king and country close to his dark heart. As the morning cockerel squawked his tune, the farmer began to query who it was that he so foolishly opened his door to. Marching from his slumber to the bedside of the soldier, he walked with rage filling his mind. The soldier and the farmer vied in an impassionate argument. Petrified that he would be ransomed to the king, the soldier acted hastily. Drawing his pistol, he ended the life of his opinionated innkeeper with a bullet between his brows. His fast actions would certainly now loud him in an intractable situation. Evading his consequences, the soldier took off quickly back to Golden Ock Tower. This ruthless rider thought he was making this journey alone. Unbeknownst to him, he accidentally took the spirit of the frightful farmer upon his saddle home. 
Full of rage and vengefulness, the farmer would vow to make the life of the soldier and his successors a nightmare. In the 17th century, Goldenoch was stripped of its royal status and was now a colloquial farmhouse. Possessed by a farmer and his family, taking on this property would have with it a long-term tenant as the frightful farmer still roamed the grounds and was now bringing about obscure methods of haunt. As the winter chill brought this family close near to the hearth for warmth, the farmer would play a game to allow laughter to fill the cold walls of his home. Within the circle of inhabitants, they, they lit a long stick and passed it slowly amongst each other. Round and round, this searing stick was passed slowly as to not extinguish the flame. The family would chant, About we that, about we that, keep alive the priest's cat. The idea being that if the stick was suddenly extinguished, then the person who was holding it last must pay the price and carry out a humiliating action. The stick went around and round for a while between the group until suddenly its glowing flame went out in a gust. Jestingly, a member of the party acknowledged the coal fire and exclaimed, It wouldn't be handy to steal a coal anew. Within that seemingly light-hearted moment, a single piece of coal was removed from the fire. Its glowing body was no longer found within the flame. And just as jeeringly as the joke was made, the coal was placed in an equally ironic location. Flames and smoke rose from the farmhouse and screams of fire were heard all around. Desperately, the family fought against the roaring flames of the barnhouse fire, silently thinking to themselves how that one single piece of coal was eerily misplaced in the ignited wood building. Was this an act of our pissed off farmer? Unfortunately, this wasn't the end of our farmer's stories, for the Hortons only grew more obscure in time. Sat upon the deck, old granny was peacefully humming a tune to her lonesome and spinning her wheel. In the calm setting of the fire, a religious woman, the geriatric crone was not a believer in the power of the benevolent, until the day she was attacked. The hands of the spirit took hold of this old woman and dragged her ankles over her head, off of her chair and into the lake. Twistedly, the phantom repeatedly drowned the woman in the lake as if to mock her faith and perform a darker baptism. This apparition would sing along to this vile act, I'll dip thee, I'll draw thee, until he made this poor soul unconscious with lungs half full of water. An age passed before anybody would find Granny. Running round the grounds of the farm, family bellowed her name and a clue wasn't let up until a child called out, Where's Granny? Our frightful farmer sinisterly gave heed to the family. I stripped Granny naked, washed her in the burn and laid her out to dry on the dike. It was true, the family found their loved one naked, half dead and thrown upon the dike, like a carpet tossed out to dry. Several of the local clergymen were summoned to lay the ghost, but all their efforts were in vain. Whenever they tried singing hymns, the ghost would simply sing along, drowning out their voices. One minister, who had a reputation for being able to banish any ghost in existence, was so offended by the spirit's booming voice and sharp retorts that he stalked off, angrily vowing that he would never come back. The ghost called after the minister, begging him to return. Reverend Mr. Marshall of Kirkcombe volunteered to test his godly powers against the Golden Ock Pest. Upon arrival at the farm, Marshall hung up his hat, recited a psalm, and began to sing. 
As always, the ghosts began to sing along, drowning out all in the company except the determined reverend. Marshall's voice rose louder and louder, belting out his song until the witching hour of midnight. When he convinced the exhausted family to join in again, the din lasted until dawn, when the ghost, its voice now weak and husky, gasped, A canny, raw, nemeer. And sure enough, the spirit was never heard of again. The end? Dun, dun, dun. Can I say that Scottish accent was amazing? <laughs> I feel like I made my stepmom proud. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you need to ask her first. Like, she could go, that was awful. Yeah, I've it tried was... that before in the past. I've been like, say murder, say murder. It's been a murder. <laughs> Purple burglar alarm. <laughs> like, I feel like some of that has to come with the translation as well. So yeah, true. I had to Google some of the stuff because it said about we that, about we that, keep alive the priest's cat. It was a game. Why are they passing a fucking burning stick in a circle and chanting that? Well, I guess before what's PlayStations, it? there wasn't a lot to do. <laughs> well, what's, what's the relevance of the priest's cat? And why do we have to oh, keep it know. alive? It's like ring ring of roses. Weird. It doesn't make any sense. Proper weird. And then uh, a dyke. I had to Google what that was because it just said dyke. Yeah, I think a dyke the, is like a 70s term for, for a female who likes another female. Exactly. So know? I was like, wait, I was like, throwing her on the dyke? There's <laughs> just yeah. some local lesbian walking around <laughs> and this naked old woman's chucked up. They're oh, like, what not the again. fuck? Yeah. Oh, God. The local dyke. But yeah, a dyke is apparently a stone wall, unless I'm pronouncing it wrong. Possibly. I thought well, it was I like, have to ask you a Scottish step one. Yeah, I thought it was like one of those situations, you know, when you watch that um the Australian video when um oh, it's like on the deep. All the neighbours love my All the neighbours love, love my deep. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was one of them. Love my deep. So off that story, zero to ten, how believable? <sighs> Fairly believable until he starts like doing horrible things to the grandmother. That's a bit too, like, really? Why, I don't understand why he made her Was that the line? I don't know, yeah. Maybe she asked him to. Maybe she enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a lesbian. She wasn't. Yeah, I was going to say, she's probably got, you know, I've been religious my whole life. It's got me nowhere. Sat on his deck knitting for <laughs> deke. Screw it. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe she asked for that. Yeah. Or could have like dementia or something and has just gone for a walk and got embarrassed and thought I'll blame the ghost. Naked, washing her clothes. And then everyone finds her and she's like pretending to be unconscious on this storm wall. We've um, the story. But for all the other stuff like the burning house and all that, can ghosts burn your house down? The thing I'm confused about, right? Yeah. So if ghosts can move objects. Yes. He's picked up this coal out the fire and he's got to transport to this house, right. this other part of the house, right? Right. So therefore, has he put it in his little ghosty pocket, and that's why they can't see it anymore? Hmm. Or is that like a floating piece of coal that no one realised? Hmm. Is he like an invisible man situation, put it in his little ghost pocket? His invisible pocket. Yeah. Managed to carry it off without any of them knowing about it. Would he burn his hand? No, because he's a ghost. So... <sighs> Do you think it's true, yes or no? Mm, I think it's true that there's a ghost that haunts it. Do you think a family can be cursed? Yeah. I believe in family curses. By a ghost, yeah. Yeah, family curses, I believe in. I mean, if I was shot in the head 
mm. by some guy. Yeah. I'd probably be pretty pissed off to the point where I would haunt him and his family. I mean, it, it didn't sound enough. like this ghost has a lot going on, did he? Like, oh, no, he's probably farmer. But he didn't sound mm. like he's got, like, wife or kids or anything like that he had to look after. So he was just like, oh, you've shot me in the head. Well, nothing better, dude. May no, as well he did, that's a fair point. He didn't stick around to, like, see whether his family were fine. He was like, fuck this, I'm following this soldier at his house, pissing yeah. his family off. You must have really been, like, in an argument where you've honestly just thought, like, you've just argued with this guy for 10 minutes, he shoots you in the face, and you think, right, I want to spend the rest of the you felt like you knew around. Yeah. Weird. But out of all of those three stories, yeah, I think I believe the road the most. Yeah. Because, as we said before, little stories, not mm. that far-fetched, whereas this third one, it's a bit too much, isn't it? Stranraa did us proud. There's some good yeah. stories. Yeah. Did you feel like, I know you had to find three. Did you feel like you could have found more? No. Stranraa don't have a lot going on for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go like seven miles out. What? <laughs> Which one's seven miles out? All what? All of them? It's in, wait, wait, we've got a radius. So if you took no, a 10, no, you're talking about 10 miles stick. You've lied to people. <laughs> People Stranwell. from Stranwar are like, wow. What are we going to do when we fill up like, everywhere else? All of the UK? Yeah. Um, we're going to have to like move on and we'll go to France next. We'll no, I think we should pick a really obscure country that no one's ever heard of. Azerbaijan or whatever. But people have go. heard of that. I hope that you all semi what enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I know that we're and not you, And you have to pretend you enjoyed it, even if you yeah. didn't. Because we're very sensitive. If you know us. If you know us. First of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, I don't take criticism well. Just pretend you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, bye.